Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to be able to be with you again this week. And as always, we have the opportunity to talk each week and be able to go on this journey together in raising daughters. And as you know, I've got two daughters and I love bringing on other dads that have daughters themselves. Sometimes they get really lucky and I have an opportunity to bring on a dad and a daughter. And today we're doing just that. Today we've got Derek and Hannah Mallerman and they're joining us. They're going to be talking about the journey that they've been on, not only as a father and a daughter. And Derek is actually a father of three daughters. So he has definitely been through this a few times now, but we'll be talking about that. And we'll also be talking about a medical journey that they've both been on together as Hannah's gone through some challenges over the last few years. And we'll talk about that too. Derek, Hannah, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. I always start these opportunities to chat with one another with a couple of questions. Just to delve a little bit deeper into, usually it's just you as a dad, Derek, but we may bring Hannah into some of these too. So I want to go back in time. And I said you have three daughters. Mm -hmm. So that being said, talk to me about that first reaction that you had. That first reaction that you had when your oldest daughter was born, what was going through your head? I was just hoping for health. I want mom and baby to be healthy. I probably bought everything pink that you could find in the stores coming up to the birth of Maya and just was really looking forward to being a dad. Gender never really entered my mind. I just, every checkup was like, okay, everyone's healthy. Everyone's okay. So this next question, I'm going to ask both of you this question. So you both have been on a journey together as, as a father and a daughter. What have been the most memorable experiences that the two of you have been able to share with each other? And I'm going to start with Hannah. So Hannah gets to start to answer this one, her most memorable moment. And then Derek, you can throw yours out there. So I have grown up around like my dad has always introduced me to sports we've always been like a sports family so I've always loved watching football with my dad or my family that has always been a big thing and playing golf is something that always is like okay every spring we're getting out there and we're playing golf so that has been a thing yearly where I'm like okay I'm ready. Like, I'm always so excited for that. Derek? Wow, that was a great answer. You know, for me, those milestones, starting school, getting on a bus, that first day where she rode a bus to school and and came home and had a blast and was jumping up and down. And I was like, first day of, of middle school where the hallway window looks out upon the driveway and she, her locker was right there. So every morning I'd drop her off at the back door. I'd slow roll around the parking lot. And then if I could wait, I'd wait. And she'd be there and she'd always look over and give me like a little wave, you know, and I would be like, okay, and moved on. So those kinds of, you know, little things. I, I too, my wife grew up going to football games and doing fun things like that too. So it's really a family thing. And it's been amazing 
to have them want to be a part of those kinds of things as a larger group, you know, as families. And But, you know, with Hannah, it, it's a look. It's a smile. We'll, we'll be someplace and the two of us will catch each other's eyes. And we don't even have to say anything out loud. I just know what she's thinking and she's then rolls her eyes at me. <laughs> now, Derek, one question that I like to ask dads is this, especially dads with daughters. I hear from a lot of dads that going into being a father None of us have a playbook, right? There's no there's no right way to father, but we, we kind of go in blind in many different ways. And that sometimes gets compounded when you're raising daughters, and it's a different gender, different experience, not a lived experience of your own. And sometimes there's some fear with that. What would you say has been your biggest fear in raising daughters? Well, for me, it was there are certain things that they just want to talk to mom about, right? And it, it could be anything. It, it doesn't have to be anything specific, but it could be anything where they just, especially maybe younger, where they want to, they rather have, you know, I got to wait outside the room. They want to talk it through with mom. So for me, that was the most nerve wracking thing. So I wanted to be there. I wanted to help. I wanted to do what I could and always let them know that, hey, I, I am available should you want to talk to me about that. And and I think we did an okay job <laughs> where I feel like all three of the girls can come to me. And maybe some of that comes with a little bit of age, but I think also a lot of effort on my wife's and myself. I mean, it, clearly we're a team in this, right? It's not always just one of us. So my wife reiterating that same message saying, hey, you know, dad's available too, if you need him, you know, if, if I'm not a- around and dad's around. So that's always been a that was my biggest fear is that they were just like, no, 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 I need mom. No, no, no. But we've done an okay job, I think. I'm smiling right now because Hannah's just smiling and, and nodding. So I, I guess that that's an indication of success there, Derek. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> that at least one of your daughters is willing to come to you. Right. One for three. <laughs> now, as you look back on your time together and as you look toward the future, you know, we talked about a fear in the past. What are your fears in the future for your daughters? We were blessed and cursed at the same time with a food allergy in the family, right? A peanut allergy. And from the very beginning, we were like, Maya, who's older than Hannah, there might be a time where you need to speak up. We worked for Hannah at a younger age, and now Hannah does a phenomenal job advocating for herself. But I think back in the beginning when Hannah was two, so, you know, 14, almost 15 years ago, I was worried about her being able to advocate for herself and then someone to listen to her. Hey, I need help. And then someone to say, here, I can help you. And that's lessened over time, seeing her in action and talking to people and seeing the phrases she used when she is at a restaurant or, you know, we, we had them order for themselves from a young age. I mean, th- something that like our Natalie, our youngest, and we have her do now at eight, we're trying to get her to go ahead. It's just, it, just give them your order, you know, get used to talking to adults when you need something, when you need help. So that way, when you do actually need help, you feel comfortable grabbing someone. So things I hate to say it like this, nowadays, have changed quite a bit. I'd like to think that it's not quite like it was 15, 16 years ago, like I was talking about, where I had some legitimate fears about someone not taking her concerns seriously. Now, I really feel a lot better about where people are coming from. Thank goodness. So 
In talking about being able to advocate for oneself, I want to make a little bit of a transition. And I mentioned at the beginning that, Hannah, you have gone through a, a bit of a medical journey yourself, not only with the peanut allergy that we're just talking about, right? But beyond that, that over the last few years, not only were was society dealing with COVID, but there was some other stuff going on within your life. You found that you had IBD, and that led you down a path of a lot of change. So talk to me a little bit about that. And how did you first identify that there was an issue? Was it you personally coming to mom and dad and saying, hey, I think there's something wrong? Or Derek, was it you and your wife noticing things and saying, hey, there's a problem and we need to deal with this? So tell me a little bit of that story first. Yeah. So I think it started while back and I think I started to notice things first like my stomach just wasn't feeling right all the time so I reached out to my mom and dad and made some appointments from there to try to figure out what was going on and I think as time went on we all started to realize that it was more than we thought or like the severity was worse than we thought and that's when we started to be like okay let's figure this out but I think it started with me kind of being like this doesn't seem right right now. And Derek, I mean, for you and your wife, I mean, as you started going to these appointments with Hannah, you know, as she's telling you about how this is impacting her, and you, I mean, at least probably are feeling that maybe it's not anything that big, you know, we can figure this out. But then as news starts coming out, what's going through your head as you're, as you're finding more out? Yeah, so in the beginning, especially, we were like, okay, is it allergies? Is it post-nasal drip that's upsetting her stomach? Is it, you know, all these different things? But none of them seemed to fit with what she was feeling. And they certainly wouldn't clear up like you would expect, you know, if it was allergies in the fall or, or spring and those kinds of things. So we were real lucky that our family practice here in town, the PA was like, hey, I've been doing some work with some GI people and I think you guys check a lot of these boxes. They've got a great pediatric program down at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. I think you guys should go down there and go for it right now. So we got some great advice from our physicians here in town. It's really helped. As the news started coming out, and as Hannah, as you said, the news was not as positive as you probably would have hoped, what was going through your head? And, and what were you trying to do to be able to kind of get to come to grips with what this meant? Looking back on the process, I don't think I fully understood in that moment what all was happening. I feel like a lot of it was happening so fast that I still wasn't keeping up with it, if that made sense. But there are a few moments when I remember being like, okay, no matter what it is, like I know that we'll get through this. And I know that I kept that positive attitude the entire time or tried to see the positive side of it about 90% of the time, um, just so I could be like, okay, I know we're going to get through this. And I know that I trust these doctors. So that was definitely helpful. But I think just keeping that positive attitude, not only for like, myself, but also to like, I don't know, just that attitude really stuck with me the entire time, I guess. What about you, Derek? I mean, seeing a child or seeing your child going through pain, going through challenge in many different ways is very difficult to say the least, but seeing your child ill and dealing with something that you weren't expecting. How did you come to grips with that? Well, luckily for us, you know, we had a 
really great support system. So we knew that Maya was a little bit older. The dogs can go stay at a place. The little one, Natalie, could go to grandpa and grandma's. So we had that support to be able to know that everything else was kind of handled. A very busy life, right? Uh, three kids going in different directions all the time, etc., etc. So from knowing that all that was taken care of, Melissa and I both together could focus on Hannah and what was happening. And it just really, I mean, it, it just snowballed in the beginning. It was, you know, one thing after another. An infection, contagious type infection. So, you know, when staff would come into the room, they had to two gowns, masks, gloves, all that stuff before they walked into the room. We couldn't leave the room to just go walk around necessarily. So she had to get over that. And then we started to get into, you know, diagnosing what the real issue really was. So that that beginning, it was, you know, weeks just trying to get over the first hurdle of this infection. And then turn around and um, start to diagnose what, what are we looking at here and how bad is it? So the support structure really helped. A lot of phone calls, a lot of texts, just making sure everyone's in the right place when we had grandparent handoffs of the little one, you know, and stuff like that. So that really helped us out a lot and it allowed Melissa and I to really be a united front for Hannah. So Hannah, I know that you've come through this. I mean, it's not that it's done, but you've come through it. And you definitely are now becoming an advocate for others and helping others that are going through similar processes. For people that don't know much about IBD, tell me a little bit more about it. And what should people understand about IBD and how it impacts yourself and impacts other, impacts your life? Because I think that that's important for people to understand too. Yeah, so I'll say this kind of simple. Um, IBD is basically, I like to say just bad stomach problems, but it does go a lot deeper than that. So for me specifically, uh, my kind of IBD is like an umbrella term for Crohn's disease, which is throughout your entire GI tract, and ulcerative colitis, which is what I have, which is only in your colon. And so basically, IBD can have some symptoms can be like ulcers, extreme stomach pain, just like really uncomfortable symptoms all the time. So jumping through those hurdles by themselves were not fun. But also, I think when you think of some like conditions, you can think that it would just affect the person who has that disease but I know that it affected a lot more than just myself like my dad was saying earlier we had a support system around us that definitely helped a lot but it didn't the process that I went through didn't only affect myself I know that my parents were there actually all the time in the hospital when I was there family members and friends were always there so it isn't just a disease that affects only the patient. It affects your entire community around you. Now, Derek, from your perspective, I mean, you did walk hand in hand with Hannah through this process and you weren't alone, as you said, but there are other fathers that also are going through challenging times, other challenging times with medical diagnoses and with challenging diagnoses. And I guess one question for you is in the experience that you've had, what would you say to other fathers that are going through 
whether it's similar situations or dissimilar situations, but still maybe it's other medical issues that they're dealing with their children that might give them some support along the way. My wife and I were just talking about this actually a couple of days ago, which is uh, it's great timing. To say the to be there for them is probably a little bit of an understatement, right? There were times where Hannah and I were sitting there and she's, you know, she's feeling horrible and her her hand comes out and we just sat there and held hands while while I was sitting there next to her or she was having a procedure and she's like, give me your hand, <laughs> you know, you know, ask questions. That was the biggest thing for us was if we didn't understand something, we asked, right? We didn't just go, oh, okay, let's do it. And then it happened. We, we were honestly felt like we had to understand what was happening and why. So that way we could help translate it to Hannah. So Hannah would understand what's happening and why it has to happen. So for us, that was a huge thing. I think, you know, we were real blessed with a pretty good staff at that hospital and that practice that really would take time with us and explain things. There's a whiteboard in the room, they're drawing pictures, you know, I mean, everything to get us to understand it. So that's the biggest thing for me is, you know, you want to be an advocate all the time. But when it comes to the medical stuff, you know, I'm, I work in IT, my, my wife's a lawyer, right? So this is, this is all new terminology. And they always encouraged us to ask questions. So we did. And we would apologize once we got to the seventh or eighth question. And they were always like, no, 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 no. You just keep asking till you're comfortable. And it was because we wanted to be able to explain when Hannah said, well, why are we doing that versus doing something different? But I heard them talk about yesterday. Why are we not doing that? You know, we could explain why. Um, and going off that a little bit, I think it was super helpful when my parents would do that because I would be maybe sleeping and miss a conversation or something and wake up and not really know, okay, what are the next steps? What's going on right now? What are we doing next to help this get better? Um, so to have them know what is going to come next, but also what we are doing right now. And I'm sure they answered that question about like 30,000 times for me. But I think having them know that made it a lot easier for me to be like positive most of the time because I mostly knew what was coming my way. And I also think it was helpful that even when, say, I was asleep sometimes, that I would ask a question, like when I woke up and the doctors wouldn't be there. My parents would definitely be there to advocate for me if I was asleep the next time that the doctors got together, and I would have my question answered by the next time that I woke up. Yeah, and I remember us utilizing that whiteboard a couple times where we had a section that we just called Hannah's questions. So as she would think of them, when doctors were not in the room, we would write them up there. And then that was our job <laughs> to get those answers. So the next time she woke up from a nap or from whatever, that we would have those answers to talk about. You know, Hannah, one question that I want to ask you, it really goes back to you going through this. And you have a friend base that is away from you, that some may know what's going on, others do not. You have people that know you but not really know you. And then you come back into a school district, you know, you come back into, I'm going to say the reality, and things are different for you. And people 
may treat you the same, but they might treat you a little different too. So how did you have to deal with that, living in that new reality, not only for yourself in regards to what you had to do personally to, as your dad was saying, advocate for yourself and know what you could actually do versus what you probably wanted to do versus what you needed to do to be able to help the world around you better understand what you went through, what you were going through, and what you were going to be going through in the future. Yeah, so I will say that even though this whole situation was not a good one, I did definitely learn how to advocate for myself and find a voice for myself. So if something was going on, like a talk with a friend and they didn't know exactly what was going on and they were just putting words in their mouth for me I was like that's not what happened I would kind of stand up for myself a little bit and be like I don't think you know exactly what happened but I can tell you that and I am I'd like to say pretty vocal about what I went through I am part of a patient advocacy group so I will If someone asks me a question about it, I am mostly not afraid to answer. So that is good. But I know along the way, we did have some bumps with learning who is going to be there for you no matter what and learning who's there for you when you're at your best. So that was another little bump in the road that we hit, but I think made the journey better now, I guess. I think anytime you go through those type of situations, you truly learn who your friends are and who has your back and who will care for you no matter what the situation is. And Derek's pointing at himself. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask five more questions. Typically, it's just the dads, but it's not just going to be to the dad today. It's not just going to be for you, Derek. You don't get to get off that easy. So I'm going to ask a couple of questions. I'm going to ask both of you some of these questions, and uh, we'll see what your thoughts are. So first question goes to Hannah. In one word, what is fatherhood? The first word that comes to mind would be strong, because my dad is always there for me no matter what. And I know that we have been through the craziest road in the last couple years. And no matter what, he was always there for me. And even if it was the worst possible situation that you can imagine, he was still with me by my side through all of it. What about for you, Derek? I was going to say support, but I think that kind of was exactly what Anna was talking about, right? Just being there to help them when they need it or even if they don't think they need it. So Hannah, when was a time that your dad succeeded in being a father to a daughter? I think he does all the time because, I mean, I could give lots of examples, but I think some of my greatest memories are stuff that we're always doing like the most ridiculous things like at Disney World we'd just be running from one thing to the next and it doesn't matter what's going on we would always be going together all the time. What about you Derek? Early on I tried to impress that it didn't matter boy or girl you know, you want to play golf, you want to do this, you want to do that, you want, it didn't matter gender at all. And I love the fact that my oldest will watch a replay of a Tigers game and yell for every out. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) 
but she loves it, right? So she's in and it doesn't matter. And that's what I like. Hannah does the same thing. Hannah is very passionate about a lot of really cool things. And I love the fact that she's putting her time into them and then growing them. And I'm excited for this year of high school and the last year of high school and what she'll do next year at college. So just watching them blossom into this age is just really, really rewarding. And there are times where I'm like, yeah, I did okay. (laughs) Okay, Hannah, this question's just for you. How would you and your sisters describe your dad? I think... The word supportive comes up a lot because, like I said earlier, he's always there for us. I think, I don't want to say willing to do whatever, but like I said earlier, again, if we come up with, like, the stupidest idea, let's do a slip and slide down a ginormous hill in our backyard. He'd be like, okay, let's figure out how to do it. So that kind of stuff, always excited to do stuff like with stuff with us and caring he's always no matter what it's always like how can I help you I understand how you feel like that kind of stuff which is also very helpful and Derek who inspires you to be a better dad you know I really look at the the three girls and my wife who's fantastic and I say they're amazing people I gotta be at their level You know what I'm saying? So I get inspiration from them just to to try to be better, to try to be there. You know, the the things that, as you know, as a a dad of daughters yourself, things that come out of their mouth, it's amazing, right? And you help guide their thoughts and how they see the world. And it's so cool when they get to this, this age to see what their plans are for the future and stuff. And I just say, oh, I gotta be better because these kids are amazing. Now, Hannah, we've been talking about different pieces of advice in regards to your medical condition and what people should know about that. But I want to turn this around now as we finish up today. What advice would you give to other dads? I think always being for them, being there for them, no matter what. I think my dad touched on this earlier about no matter what, just being there to hold their hand because there are times when you have to go through like a procedure or something that you really, you don't want to do. But if someone is there next to you holding your hand the entire time, it makes it just a little bit easier. It makes it feel like you're not going through it all by yourself. And Derek, what advice would you give to other dads? Listening, just being able to listen. I have a terrible issue with wanting to fix everything. And clearly that doesn't always work. So being able to sit there and listen and instead of say, oh, have you tried this? Oh, have you done that? Instead of saying those things, saying, is there anything I can do? And just be there. And sometimes it's no when I know that I can do something. (laughs) But it's that support again, right? And being a listener really, it helps me a lot. You know, I've said this before on some past episodes. One of my past guests talked about the fact that she recommends dads talk to their daughters and when they do have conversations with their daughters to ask their daughters to one is this a listening conversation or two is this a fixing conversation and leave it at that and let your daughter answer i'm not good at that either i'm a i'm a fixer too and and i think a lot of dads are but i think you'd have to start that at an early age because if you start doing that with your kids now might not go over well, and they might you, they might be doing the eye rolls that you were talking about earlier to, in our conversation. Well, Derek and Hannah, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being here today, for sharing not only 
the journey that you've been on as a father and a daughter. But Hannah, thank you for sharing some of the journey, not all of the journey, because the journey's not over, but some of the journey that you've gone through. And I know that you will have more to share in the future. And I truly appreciate you sharing that. And I wish you both the best. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. This was fun. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be